0: Um, while this text is written in antiquity, it's very much a contemporary book in that it applies to us today. And so we want to know in what way and what form, how is God breathing? How is God speaking? So these are the things that um, I want to emphasize that our time here is not a time of Bible study per se, okay? It's not Bible study. Um, it's not a sermon either. And it's not a devotion in the sense of where well, we're just taking a verse and we're just, you know, having. A time of devotion on that verse But rather this is a time of meditational reading We're going to take a meditational posture And so, um, one of the things I encourage you to do As you are learning the activity of reading the scriptures through meditation And I know my boys are listening, right? Yep Um, As we read the scriptures through meditation It's, we're asking three questions And that's what I want everyone to be asking, okay? I want you to ask, what is the Lord revealing concerning Himself. What is the Lord revealing concerning people? And what is the Lord revealing concerning me? Those are my primary. That's really where I'm, I'm being led. And that's really what I'm praying about as I pray in the reading of the scriptures. Now, one thing that I will do is if I feel the Lord is leading me to something, but it requires Some biblical insight or some scriptural insight, then I'll do some explanation as far as scripture is concerned to be sure that we're all on the same page to make sure you understand where I'm coming from with what the Lord is revealing to me today. But you'll find that my focus is really to simply speak to you about what the Bible says, primarily because we want to be biblically centered. We want to be biblically focused. Uh, We want to be focused on what the scriptures are actually saying, not what someone tells us that it says, and not inserting ourselves into the scripture, but simply to hear from God and to see what the scriptures are saying. I find that when we do that, it becomes a profoundly liberating endeavor. One of the things I know that um, just from your testimonies, what you guys have shared, is the way you see the Bible has fundamentally changed. If I can fundamentally change the way you see the scriptures, then that's a big win for me as well. the way you guys see the scriptures has fundamentally changed. It's transformed you. And so for that reason, I'm truly encouraged and I pray that our time together would also transform your perception of the scriptures, your understanding of the scriptures, and at the same time, that it will also transform your relationship with God. That's really my intention today. And so today, let's get right into it. I want to Um, I want you guys to turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 27, Deuteronomy chapter 27, if you can, and we're going to get right into it. All right, fam, we're going to get right into it. Are you guys there? Yep. All right. Awesome. Um, I got my boys with me reading today. All right. I got my boys with me. Um, and I want you guys to be reading along with me as well. Um, Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you that you have given us the incredible privilege of being in your presence. Father, I thank you. Lord, that you are guiding us, that you are leading us. Father, I thank you that you are speaking to us and simultaneously speaking through us. Bless us in this time, Lord, as we engage in your word. Father, I pray that you would increase us in understanding. Lord, bless us in this time, Lord, as we um, hear from you through our reading, Father. Let us not insert ourselves or our own ideologies, or our own predilections and perceptions on this scripture, but Father, let us uh, find revelation from you in our time together in the word. And I ask that in your name we pray, amen and amen. If you guys notice, as we've begun, I've spent a significant amount of time prefacing before we read because I wanted to make sure that you guys were in the right posture when you read his word and I want to just emphasize that one thing and then we're going to get right in is we are reading we are what we're reading is is a sermon by Moses to that has been inscribed to the children of Israel this is not written to you okay But this is written for you to observe. You are eavesdropping on an exchange between a man who's about to uh, pass away and transition the legacy on to the second generation, okay? And so Deuteronomy chapter 27, if you can, let's get right to it. Verse 1, Deuteronomy 27, verse 1, it says this. Now Moses, with the elders of Israel, commanded the people, saying, keep all the commandments which I command you today. And it shall be on the day that you cross over the Jordan to the land which the Lord your God is giving you, that you shall set up for yourselves large stones and whitewash them with lime. You shall write on them all the words of this law when you have crossed over, that you may enter enter the land which the Lord your God is giving you, A land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord God of your fathers promised you. Therefore, it shall be, when you have crossed over the Jordan, that on Mount Ebal you shall set up these stones which I command you today, and you shall inherit, sorry, and you shall whitewash them with lime. And there you shall build an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. You shall not use an iron tool on them. You shall build with whole stones the altar of the Lord your God and offer burnt offerings on it to the Lord your God. You shall offer peace offerings and shall eat there and rejoice before the Lord your God. And you shall write very plainly on the stones all the words of this law. Then Moses and the priests, the Levites spoke to all Israel saying, take heed and listen, O Israel, this day you have become the people of the Lord your God. Therefore, you shall obey the voice of the Lord your God and ab- and observe his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today. And Moses commanded the people on the same day, saying, these shall be on Mount Gerizim to bless the people. When you have crossed over the Jordan, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin, and these shall stand on Mount Ebal to curse Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulon, Dan, and Naphtali. And the Levi shall speak with a loud voice and say to all the men of Israel, Cursed is the one who makes a carved and molded image, an abomination to the Lord the work of the hands of the craftsmen and set it up in secret. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Cursed is the one who treats his father or his mother with contempt. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who moves his neighbor's landmark. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who makes the blind to wander off the road. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who perverts the justice due the stranger, the fatherless, and widow, and the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who lies with his father's wife because he has uncovered his father's bed, and the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is the one who lies with any animal, and the people shall say, Amen cursed is the one who lies with his sister the daughter of his father and the daughter of his mother and the people shall say amen cursed is the one who lies with his mother-in-law and the people shall say amen cursed is the one who attacks his neighbor secretly and the people shall say amen cursed is the one who takes a bribe to slay an innocent person and all the people shall say amen cursed is the one who does not confirm all the words of this law by observing them. And the people shall say, Amen. Chapter 28. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed you shall be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herd, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Hmm. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face and they shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all which you have set your hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Sorry, it just paused. Sorry, guys, it just paused. Let's continue. Verse 9. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and shall be afraid of you. Hmm. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body and in the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your ground in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or the left to go after other gods to serve them. But it shall come to pass If you do not obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall you be, shall your basket and your kneading bowl be cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your lands, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall you be when you come in and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, with severe burning fever, with the sword, with scorching and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish and your heavens which are over you shall be bronze and the earth which is under you shall be iron. The Lord will will change the land, the rain on your land to powder and dust from heaven. It shall come down until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. You shall become troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth. Your carcasses shall be food for the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and no one shall frighten them away. The Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt, with tumors and the scab and with the itch from which you cannot be healed. My goodness. The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of heart. You shall grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in darkness. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall be only oppressed and plundered continually. You shall serve. Sorry, no one shall save you. You shall betroth a wife, but another man shall lie with her. You shall build a house, and you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but shall not gather its grapes. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Your donkey shall be violently taken away from before you, and shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and you shall have no one to rescue them. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people. And your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long. There shall be no strength in your hand. A nation whom you have not known shall eat the fruit of your land and the produce of your labor. You shall be only oppressed and crushed continually. So you shall be driven mad because of the sight which your eyes see. The Lord will strike you in the knees and on the legs with severe boils which cannot be healed. And from the sole of your foot to the top of your head, man, this is tough. The Lord will bring you and the king, whom we have set over you, to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known, and there shall, and there, and there, you shall serve other gods, wood and stone, and you shall become an astonishment, a proverb, a byword among all nations where the Lord will drive you. You shall carry much seed out to the field but gather little in for the locusts shall consume it you shall plant vineyards and tend them but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes for the worms shall eat them you shall have olive trees throughout all your territory but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil for the olives shall drop off you shall beget sons and daughters but they shall not be yours for they shall go into captivity. Locust shall consume all your trees and the produce of your land. The alien who's among you shall rise higher and above you and you shall come down lower and lower. You shall lend, he shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head and you shall be the tail. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he has commanded you. And they shall be upon you for sign and wonder on your descendants forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart. For the abundance of everything therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in need of everything, and he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the end of the earth, as swift as, swift as the eagle flies, a nation whose language you will not understand, a nation of fierce countenance, which does not respect the elderly nor show favor to the young, and they shall eat the increase of your livestock and the produce of your land until you. You are destroyed. <laughs> they shall not leave you grain, nor new wine, or oil, or the increase of your cattle, or the offspring of your flocks, until they have destroyed you. They shall besiege you at all gates, until you are high, and fo- until your high and fortified walls, in which you trust, come down throughout all your land. And they shall besiege you at all gates throughout all your land, which the Lord your God has given you. You shall eat the fruit of your own body. Eat the flesh of your sons and your daughters, whom the Lord your God has given you in the siege and in desperate straits in which your enemies shall distress you. The sensitivity in the very refined man among you will be hostile towards his brother, toward the wife of his bosom and toward the rest of his children whom he leaves behind. So he will not give any of them the flesh of his children whom he will eat, because he has nothing left in the siege. And desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you at the gates, the tender and delicate woman among you, who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground because of her delicateness and sensitivity, will refuse to the husband of her bosom and to her son and her daughter. Her placenta, which comes out from between her feet and her children whom she bears, for she will eat them secretly for the lack of everything in the siege in desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you at all your gates if you do not carefully observe the words of this law that are written in this book that you may fear this glorious and awesome name the Lord your God then the Lord will bring upon you descendants of extra, sorry, descendants upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues great and prolonged plagues and serious and prolonged sickness moreover he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid and they shall cling to you also every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of the law will the Lord bring upon you until you are destroyed you shall be left few in number whereas you were as the stars of heaven in multitude because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And it shall be that just as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and bring you to nothing. And you shall be plucked from a, from from off the land which you go to possess. Then the Lord will scatter you among all peoples from one end of the earth to the other. And there you shall serve other gods, which neither you nor your fathers have known, wood and stone. And among these nations you shall find no rest, nor shall the sole of your foot have a resting place where the Lord will give you a trembling heart, falling eyes, and anguish of soul. Your life shall hang in doubt before you. You shall fear day and night and have no assurance of life. This is tough. In the morning, you shall say, oh, that it were evening. And in the evening, you shall say, oh, that it were morning, because of the fear which terrifies your heart, because of the sight which your eyes see. And the Lord will take you back to Egypt in ships by the way which I said to you, you shall never see it again. And there you shall be offered for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but no one will buy you. Hmm. I'll read this last chapter and then we'll share some thoughts. These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab, besides the covenant which he made with them in Horeb. Now Moses called all Israel and said to them, you have seen all that the Lord did before the eyes before your eyes in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials, and your eyes have seen the signs and of and those great wonders. Yet the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive, and eyes to see, and ears to hear, to this very day. And I have led you forty years in the wilderness, your clothes have not worn out on you, and your sandals have not worn out on your feet. You have not eaten bread, nor have you drunk wine or similar drink, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. And when you came to this place, Sion king of Heshbon and Og king of Bashan came out against us to battle, and we conquered them. We took their land and gave it as an inheritance to the Reubenites and the Gadites and to half of the tribe of Manasseh. Therefore, Keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do. All of you stand today before the Lord your God, your leaders and your tribes and your elders and your officers, all the men of Israel, your little ones and your wives, also the stranger who is in your camp, from the one who cuts your wood to the one who draws your water, that you may enter into covenant with the Lord your God and into his oath which the Lord your God makes you today to establish you today as a people for himself and that he may be God to you just as he has spoken to you and just as he swore to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I make this covenant and this oath not with you alone but with him who stands here with us today before the Lord your God as well as with him who is not here with us today. For you know that we dwell in the land of Egypt and that we came through the nations which you passed by and you saw their abominations and their idols which were among them, wood and stone and silver and gold, that there may not be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turns away from the Lord our God to go and to serve the gods of these nations." And that there may not be among you a root bearing bitterness or wormwood. Hmm. And so it may not happen when he hears the words of this curse that he blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, even though I follow the dictates of my heart. As though the drunkard could be included with the sober. The Lord would not spare him. For then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy would burn against that man. And every curse that is written in the book would settle on him. And the Lord would blot out his name from under heaven. And the Lord would separate him from the tribe, tribes of Israel for diversity, according to all the curses of the covenant that are written in the book of law. So the coming generation of your children who rise up after you and the foreigner who comes up from a far land would say, When they see the plagues of that land and the sickness which the Lord has laid on it, the whole land is brimstone, salt, and burning. It is not sown, nor does it bear, nor does any grass grow there like the overthrown Sodom and Gomorrah. Sorry. Adma and Zeboim, which the Lord your God overthrew in his anger and his wrath. All nations would say, Why has the Lord done so to this land? What does the heat of this great anger mean? Then the people would say, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord, of the Lord God of their fathers, which he made them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. For they went and served other gods and worshiped them, gods that they did not know and that he had not given to them. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against this land to bring on it every curse that is written in this book. And the Lord uprooted them from their land in anger and wrath and in great indignation and cast them into another land as to this day. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. There's a lot here. Good morning, guys. Good to see you all. Um, So glad you're here. Um, for those of you who are here for the first time, this is the Read and Rant. Essentially what I do here is I spend about 20 to 30 minutes just reading through Scripture, And then after I read, my intention is to spend some time in reflection of the scripture and to maybe provide also insight on the scripture. But I don't intend to make this a Bible study per se, but there are some times where I have to give points of clarity to make sure that we're in the right posture as we are reading through the scriptures, as you are reading through the scriptures along with me. And so, I hope this will be a blessing to you. Um, today, I've got my boys who are with me. What's up? Say hi, Izzy. And Izzy's going to behave, right, Izzy? Right? You're going to keep it down, right, Izzy? Right. Gonna, okay, good. Okay, we, we, we need you to, to to pay attention and to listen to, to, uh, to, to, to us while we while we speak, okay? So, I want you to listen. Ellison. are you listening? Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Um, I got him with me. I may do this more often just to have him come and join me and to hang with me. Um, but this is going to be an important uh, um, topic to discuss because if you read this, <laughs> these chapters are very hard. They're tough. They are. Right? They're tough. Um, they're tough because you read it and you see these, these graphic details of the curses that are pronounced on them if they disobey, it's tough, it's tough. Um, we see here um, a contrast, actually, before I even say that, cause I don't want to assume that everybody here is on the same page. So I want to at least preface, right? That when we are reading through the scripture, right? When we're reading through, especially the Pentateuch, Right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It's more important for us to read it from a narrative perspective rather than from a legal perspective. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. When you read it from a legal perspective, which is what many Christians do, they read the Torah, the Pentateuch, these first five books, they read it as if it's laws that are written for them to obey and to follow. That's what most Christians do. Because most Christians, they're postured as if this law is written to them. And yet that's not how we ought to be reading the scripture. If you want, go back. I've I've articulated this in a lot of detail in my previous reading rants. So you're going to hear me say this over and over again because it's so critically important. That we read the scriptures from a narrative perspective, a narrative point of view, and not a legal point of view, because if you read it from a legal point of view, you're going to read this and go, these are the things that I ought to do. And if I don't do these things, this is how God is going to punish me. So you read this and you're going, man, it. If you read it from a legal perspective, you read it and say, and you insert yourself into this, you're going to say, wow, these are the things that are going to happen to me if I disobey God's law. And yet that's not what we should do when we read the scriptures. And again, I've broken this down. Go back, read the prior, go check out the prior reading and rants. It's available on our Facebook group, the font everywhere on Facebook. You can catch it there Um, because I I did a full breakdown on that. But I want to remind you about that, that we're not reading this from a legal perspective because the Torah, the Pentateuch was not written to Christians. Okay, we were never under this law. We were actually never under what we see here in this text we were never under it but if we change our perspective to see that the purpose of this letter is for us to see a story about a people okay to see a story about a people and to see how God is bringing his justice through a people then now we can safely read the text without losing sight about what God is actually revealing in the scriptures himself. This is so critically important because when we read this, it sounds very tough, except it's tough not for us. It was tough for the children of Israel moses is presenting something to the children of israel Notice, not for us but for them but we're going to see something revealed about the heart and the character of god remember what we're asking as we read the text we're asking what is god revealing concerning himself what is god revealing concerning people what is god revealing concerning me up to this point we've got the next generation who the covenant is being passed down to because the prior generation not only disobeyed God, but the prior generation lacked faith. And because they did not believe in the promises of God, of entering into the land that was promised to them, they stayed there till they died in the wilderness. And now the next generation is about to enter into the promised land. But before they enter into the promised land, Moses is giving his final words. Deuteronomy, think of Deuteronomy as Moses' final sermon series before he dies. And Moses has written these sermons before he dies to remind them of the covenant that they've been given. Okay? To remind the children of Israel. No, it's not us. This is not for us. This is for them. To remind them of the covenant that was given to them. And to give them laws about how they're going to rule and to govern in the land that is promised to them, because what they have been called to do is they've been set aside as a people to institute what we call the righteousness of God on earth. The righteousness of God on earth is not this form of holiness or righteousness that people talk about. That's what religious folks do. Okay? I know somebody says, well, religious people are delusional. Absolutely right. There's a delusion to religion. Is religion says to you that these are the things that I need to do, that if I do these things, then I can go to this place called heaven where all the good people go who followed all of God's rules, or if I disobey them, then I go to hell where all the bad people who disobeyed God suffer. That's what religious people do, <laughs> okay? But that's not what we see in the scriptures. That's actually not what the scriptures is about. That's not what the Bible is about. We see that this is about God restoring the earth. This a story about God restoring the earth through humanity. And, and so the story of humanity and human history is being written on the backbone of of these people. These people serve as the cord and the rope that connects the story of all of humanity. And yet now God is calling them and setting them aside to institute his righteousness. What is his righteousness? His righteousness is his justice. Let me say that again. His righteousness is his justice. The word righteousness is the same word for justice. It's funny how people always talk about, we want justice, we want justice. People are always fighting for justice. They want justice, justice, justice. No justice, no peace, no justice, no peace. Not realizing that justice is only embodied by the very heart and the character of God. God determines what justice is. God determines what, as a matter of fact, If you say that God is righteous, that means justice is the very attribute in the character of God. So if we live out the attribute in the character of God, then we bring God's justice on earth and in bringing God's justice on earth, we are establishing his government on earth. And so if we establish his government on earth, then now what God intended for the earth from before will now be restored through who? humanity because God is not restoring anything without human participation. As a matter of fact, God doesn't do anything on earth without human participation. He called humans to be his ambassadors, his imagers on earth to establish his justice on earth. Did you not know that what God wanted to do was to restore the earth? He says, I will make a new heaven and a new earth. God actually wants to join heaven and earth together. The plan, the, God's plan was not to pull you out of the earth and send you to a place up in the sky for eternity. God's plan was to restore the earth. That's his plan. <laughs> and we're seeing this. I hope you guys are seeing this narrative, okay? I, I hope you guys are seeing this narrative because we've been reading and we'll continue to read through. And I want you, because I am put. I know there's some people who are pushing back, even in your mind right now, you're pushing back on that. And the reason why you're pushing back on that is because, You've been told so many other things, okay? You've been told a lot of other things, but I want you just to read the scripture along with me, not from a legal perspective, but to read it from a narrative perspective because that's how the Hebrews read it and that's how the Hebrews understood it. And if you read from the beginning, notice, guys, there's no... Distinction right now between heaven and earth as a matter of fact did you see it did you see it there's no distinction between heaven and earth okay there's only the joining and the participation of heaven and earth together and so they're living out this story and they're dramatizing this story please sit back please sit back okay I say that because we see this story being dramatized through a people okay and by the way we're going to keep reading through don't worry we're going to get to you know I know people I know people want to talk about hell and I know people want to talk about Gehenna and and Sheol Sheol is not Gehenna okay um you know people you know people think well when you die you go to heaven right away or you go to hell right away we have to read the scriptures Okay? To know what actually happens. Not what somebody told you is going to happen. Okay? And that's the whole purpose of this. We're beginning to see now the full story of how the Hebrews understood God and understood God's participation and understood their calling within that, within that narrative. God is restoring humanity. God is restoring the earth. And he's doing it through a people, and we get the privilege of seeing the story of how God is doing it through these people. And in this story, we see them journey through the wilderness, and now they're about to enter the Promised Land. And in this Promised Land, they're going to live under the rule and the authority of God. They're going to rule the earth as God wanted the earth to be ruled. You understand? They wanted to rule the earth as God wanted the earth to be ruled. I'm going to slow down here for a second. Are you paying attention, Ellison? Yep. Paying attention, Izzy? Yep. Any rule and any agenda other than God's agenda is injustice. Let me say that one more time. Any rule and any agenda other than God's agenda is injustice. If you do what you want to do because it feels right, it's injustice. If you do what you want to do simply for the desire of preserving your life and preserving, Your race, or preserving your ethnicity, or preserving your ideology, it's injustice. Wickedness is not doing bad things, wickedness is injustice. And injustice is any agenda other than God's agenda. Why? because God's agenda follows under God's law. Remember what we said about God's law. God's law governs everyone, whether you believe in his law or you don't. (laughs) I'm gonna slow down here. I'm gonna slow down. God's law, we're all subject to God's law because God's law emphasizes the eternal divine principles that whether you believe it or not you suffer the consequences of it if you resist it and you enjoy the blessings of it if you persist in it. What are you saying? I'm saying just like gravity is a law on earth justice is the law of God. Ooh it's justice you hear that it's justice why is that important (laughs) it's important because any form of injustice leads to evil wickedness any form meaning you can do something that's good all right let me give you a side let me let me help you out let me give you a little example of that okay a little example of that um i have uh Two friends, super gifted, super brilliant. I mean, I just love these young ladies. They've got an incredible ministry um, that they're doing in Haiti. It's incredible outreach that they're doing in Haiti. The first time they went to Haiti to do outreach, watch this now. They went to do outreach, and what they did was is they went in there, and they just dumped a bunch of clothes. They donated Hundreds and hundreds of 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 clothes, shirts, and they they donated a bunch of shoes, and and they just dumped it in, and and people were being blessed because you know the poor people needed clothing. That's how they saw it, and the poor people needed um, um, shoes, and so they gave away clothing and shoes. That seems like a good thing, but when you listen to the voice of God. Your agenda and what you want to do may not be what God desires and what God wants because there's a law that still governs you. They went in and even though they felt like they were doing a good thing, in the end, it led to more hurt in that region. How? Well, they started talking to everybody in the uh, all the local vendors in the region. They said, because you just dumped all these clothes, Now we're incapable of selling because we have no one to sell it to, which leaves us hungry now because we have no money that we've made, which leaves now our children hungry, our families hungry, which leaves us now having to strive to go do something else. So in dumping off the clothes, while it seemed like a good thing, led to spoofed out to a bunch of other things that led to hurt, pain, and suffering. There's a law. And in this law, there's economics. In this law, there's physical laws. In this law are spiritual laws. In this law are, are other implications to that law. Just because you feel like you're doing a good thing doesn't mean that other bad things come out of the good thing that you do. When you do something, not heeding to the voice of God and under the authority of God to enact the justice of God, please pay very close attention now. The righteousness of God Is the justice of God The righteousness of God is the sitkeno, That's the word, sitkeno, Which is the justice of God When we're not seeking the righteousness of God We will never attain the justice that actually gives peace Did you hear me? We will never attain the justice that gives peace Did you hear me? When you tr- when you decide to do things your way, right, Ellison, right, Izzy, when yeah. you decide to do things your way because it sounds good, because it seems good, because it it, from my perception, I, I sounds okay to me, sounds good for me. When you seek your form of justice. It is injustice. Injustice is literally anything that veers from the character and the heart of God. Everything that is evil in the world comes out of man's desire for himself. Everything that is evil, and I've said this before, that evil comes out of, ready for this? Me, myself, and I. Everything that is evil in this world comes out of me, myself, and I. That is the root of all sin. It is the root of all evil. It is what has perpetuated everything that is evil, wicked, and wrong in this world. It is our agenda over God's agenda. And this is why God is being so strict with his law. He's telling them that if you are going to be ambassadors of my law, this is what's going to come out of it. But if you are going to be, watch this now, if you're going to serve your own law and your own government and your own institution, then it will result in the curses that we see here. I see two things here in this text. Remember, this is not us. It's not written to us. But my God, it's written for us. And i explain to you why it's written for us. If you go back, let's go to Deuteronomy real quick. I want you to go to Deuteronomy. And I want you to see the last verse that we read. I want you to see the last verse that we read. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But these things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do the words of this law. He's saying there are things that you won't know. There are things that you won't understand. There are things that won't be entirely clear to you. There are things that you don't need explanations for. But the things that have been revealed to you those things you should do. I want to pause real quick because there are many of us who simply want to know the secret things, but don't want to obey God. Could you hear me? There are many of us, and I know I'm digging into something real quick here, but I have to dig into it. There are many of us that that are more interested in the secret things than we are in the obvious things. We want to know the secret things of God, (laughs) but we don't want to be obedient to God. Uh Uh-huh. We, we have people who want to know deep spiritual information. We, we want to know about the chakras and we want to know about, you know, uh, what's the sage and, 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 and we want to, and we want to know astrology and astronomy, and we want to gain all this insight and information. We just want to know secrets. Tell me all the secrets and we're guilty of that even in the church that we want to know the deep things of God and, and more information about God and have all the evidence of God and yet we don't want the things that are obvious to us. We actually want the power of God without the submission to God. <laughs> we we want power, but we, want, we don't want submission and often the church has become institutions where men get to enact their power without their submission to Christ, without this, without their submission to God. And yet what God is saying to them as he closes, is Moses is closing his sermon after he's revealed all this law and he says to them, I know you've heard this stuff and you know what the consequences of this stuff are, but I also need to inform you because there are those of you who will be tempted to go outside of what God has told you to go and to find out other things And in finding and discovering those other things, it will draw you away from God because it's going to draw you to yourself. This goes to church folks that still speak to the universe. How are you Christian, but you're still reading the horoscope? How are you Christian relying on God, but you still... You're still doing sage. How are you Christian? But you feel, but you still feel like you need to submit to all these other spiritual things and all these other gods and all these other things. How are you a Christian? But you say I need, I depend on on money and institutions and fine. How are you Christian? Oh man, can I dig in here, family? Because some of us here, we want the secret things. Hmm. We want information, but we actually do not want submission. Simply put, people have asked, well, well, what is the problem with with horoscope or what's the problem with astrology and what's the problem with these things? I'm not even going, I'm not even going to go overly spiritual with it. Okay, I can I can go I can I can go into the spiritual dimensions of, of 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 what governs those things, but let me back up for a second. Okay, for those who read the horoscopes, I ask you the question: Why do you read them? And for many of you, the reason why you read it is because you want guidance, you want direction, you want to know more about what's to happen, or the future of your life, or it is all demonic. But I'm going to explain to you what I mean. Because there's a lot lot of you that are getting, you may even be defensive even in this moment as I'm saying it to you because, again, you have a temptation to serve what God creates rather than God. If there's anything we've been reading up to this point, God is not playing with people who are more interested in worshiping what God creates than to worship Him. You understand? And there are those of us who we have to really dig into our heart and ask ourselves, why is it that we read these things? Why are we? Why are we into horoscope? Why, why are we into um, um, stage? Why are we into these things? And for many of us, it's for our self-comfort, self-gratification, self-glory, prostrating our power getting to discover ourselves, finding out who we are, discovering who we are. These are things that motivate us to do those things. <laughs> Did you hear me? And yet, guess what? Finding yourself apart from Christ is demonic. You know, people always, um, I, I think I was saying this before and, um, and I'm gonna go out of character again, okay guys? Stick with me. I'm gonna go out of character here because I feel like I need to say this and because I I know I'm pushing into some people right now. Um and I feel like it is important that I say this to you. Because there's some people right now that are saying, he's saying what I'm doing is demonic. And because he's saying what I'm doing is demonic, what he's saying to me is, is he saying I'm worshiping the devil? No. Actually, that's not what I'm saying. All right. I've, I've read this in a read and rant already But I'm going to go back so you understand What something that is demonic is People think that something that is demonic okay, Is something in which a demon has possessed it And is possessing you No, that it, it's often that But no, that's not what something that is demonic is Look at James chapter 3 verse 13 And I'm going to help you understand this and hopefully, you understand what we mean now when we mean that something is demonic. Because the word demonic, you say, oh, there's a demon in it. Or it's it's demon possessed. Or I'm serving demons. Or I'm knowingly choosing to serve Satan. That's not what we're saying, actually. Okay? So let me help you out. Because somebody needs to hear this. If you go to James chapter 3. Okay? Uh, let me help you out. Ellison, um, Izzy, go to James chapter 3. I want you to see this because for some of you, there are some of you who, in New Testament, it's close to the end. Okay? I want you to see this. James chapter 3. Let's do it. Uh, Verse 13. James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct, that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Pay attention now. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Here's the key verse now, verse 15. The wis- This wisdom, he's talking about a wisdom now. He says, this wisdom does not descend from above but is earthly sensual demonic for where envy and self-seeking exist confusion and every evil thing are there guys keep it down please Okay? okay confusion and every evil thing Are there. Let me read that again. For where envy and self seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Why do you read the horoscope? Because you're seeking yourself. Why do you do sage? Because you're in a process of self-discovery and self-seeking and and self-glory. Why do you do these things? You do these things because you are seeking something other than Christ. Other than God, you're seeking yourself. And yet everything that is evil in the world comes out of envy and self-seeking. Yeah, it's there is wisdom that does not come from God. And the wisdom that does not come from God is the wisdom that is earthly, it is the wisdom that is sensual, it is the wisdom that is demonic. Earthly, sensual, demonic. Any wisdom that gratifies your flesh any wisdom that gratifies your identity, any wisdom that only focuses on self-actualization and self-discovery apart from God is demonic. And if it is, understand, let me go back to Deuteronomy now, sorry guys. If the devil wants to win, what is the devil going to do? If the devil wants to win, he's gonna make you focus on yourself. The strategy of the devil is to get you to see yourself more highly than you are. What the devil wants to do is, is he wants to make you glorify yourself. If he can make you the God of your life, he has won your soul. Why? Did the other gods who existed, who are, who are roaming the earth, who were dominating these regions and dominating these locations, who are serving their gods, the, the god of sex, the the, the the god of the sun, the god of the moon, the god of the, 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 the earth, the god, all these gods, all this sensuality, all this earthliness is actually where the devil is cultivates and breeds his power the devil's power is cultivated through the earth through creation i'll give you another verse i'm sorry i'm ranting y'all i'm ranting through the earth through creation i'm gonna get to my point what did god what was one of the consequences of man's sin oh goodness let's go there i'm sorry I don't usually do this. And I'm only doing this because we're closing out Deuteronomy and we're closing out the law. And I want to make sure we are all on the same page as we're about to enter into the historical books. So let me help you out. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3 real quick. Hold on. And I just want to show you one verse here. Uh, And if we can go to verse... This is where the fall of man what happened when man sinned this is what happens when man sins when man sinned meaning when man sought to glorify himself notice the devil did not tempt eve with something other than eve proof let's go to genesis chapter 3. now the serpent was more cunning than any beasts of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, you, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it. Notice, watch this now, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows That that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The devil did not tempt Eve with the fruit. He tempted Eve with Eve. Let me say that one more time. The devil did not tempt Eve with the fruit. He tempted Eve with Eve. And the moment that Eve fell into the temptation of being what God had already given her, which was dominion. She was already made God-like, but it wasn't enough for her to be God-like, to be made like God, knowing good and evil. Then the text tells us that the woman now saw that the tree was good for food. Up to that point, family, the woman did not have an issue with the tree in the garden. Oh my goodness. It's okay. I'm going to bounce around, but we have to get this right, family. The woman was okay. She was okay with what God had commanded her. Adam and Eve were perfectly fine with God's covenant over them and his commandment over them to fill the earth, to subdue it. They were in covenantal union with God, one with God, fulfilling the mandate of God over their lives. They, not, they didn't have an issue with the tree of knowledge of, fruit and, uh, of good and evil. The issue began... When the devil tempted Eve with Eve. Did you hear that? He says, The serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open. Eve, you're going to be better. You're going to do better. (laughs) Eve, you're going to be higher. (laughs) Eve, you're going to be like God, Eve. Eve, I mean... Why, why need God when you can be like God? You, you're good on your own, Eve. For, forget God. You don't even need God. You got everything you need right here. You got a man, you got a husband, you can have kids, you can you can build your own city here. You can do, no. No, 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 Eve, you'll, you'll be like God. Your eyes will be open and then you're gonna realize who you were. You're gonna realize who you were, Eve. You were always meant to be this person. Ooh, does this sound like something you've heard? Be the best you you could be. Oh, God's calling you to be the best you you can be. Oh, you are higher. Did you not know that you're God's in yourselves? Did you not know that you have all the power in the world? Did you not know? And it's not all Eve's fault because Adam was right there listening. And Adam stood right there and Adam ate the fruit along with her. Ooh, has that that sounded familiar? Where we're all trying to be like God. And notice what happens now. Eve, being tempted with herself to glorify herself, ate the fruit because now her agenda was more important than God's. Her agenda was more important than God's agenda. Her justice was more important than God's justice. Her righteousness was more than was more important than God's righteousness. Her truth was more important than God's truth. And we've all done it. We've all done it in church. Well, we all do it. We all do it in church. We all we all we do it in our 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 homes. We 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 do it in our families. We 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 do it in 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 today's culture. In, to, in today's society, we're all about ourselves in our own truth, in our own right, in our own wrong, in our own, it's my truth. My truth is my truth and your truth is your truth and cool, whatever. Um, But notice what happens now. The consequence of Eve becoming her own God because the law of God, the justice of God, that no matter what, there's a consequence. And so now Eve, who now has fallen into the temptation of herself, she eats the fruit And in eating the fruit, she eats Adam eats and Adam says the woman whom you gave to be with me she gave me the tree and I ate and the Lord God said to the woman what is this you have done the woman said the serpent deceived me and I ate so the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this you're cursed more than any cattle and more than every beast in the field on your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life don't worry I'm just going through it very quickly because you can go back and and and, and check out the reading rant from before because I have other reading rants on this But I want to point out to one thing he said I will put enmity between you and the woman between your seed and her seed he will bruise you, he will he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise her heel to the woman he said i will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception in pain you shall bring forth children your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you watch this now then adam then to adam he said because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which i commanded you saying you shall not eat of it look what it says there cursed is the ground For your sake Cursed Is the earth For your sake And now when you eat from the earth You have to eat it in toil All the days of your life The earth Itself Is cursed And yet what do we do? We want to worship the things made From the earth we want to worship the creation of God and not God himself who sustains all things. We want to, we want to worship everything other than God. And Moses is warning these people. It's, it's, it's a severe warning for these people that the story of humanity is being written through you. If you disobey my commands, then these are the things that you will suffer. It looked this bad. It was this dark. It was this ugly. And actually this eventually happens because we're gonna read later on that all these things happen to the children of Israel. The very things that God promised for their disobedience actually happens. It all happens. Notice, he's not talking to you. He's talking to them. And he's telling them what would happen to them if they disobeyed because they've been set aside as a people that would reveal the righteousness and the justice of God. But the same place where there's curse, there's a curse. In the same place, there's a blessing. And what he says to them is, if you obey my commands, then there will be blessing. Are you listening, Ellison? Israel, are you listening? He says, if you obey my commandments, there will be blessing. If you disobey my commandments, there will be curses. Now, I want you to hear this very clearly, Ellison. Okay. I want you to hear this very clearly, Izzy. Okay. He didn't say if you obey my commandments, you will go to heaven. Okay, so. And if you disobey my commandments, you will go to hell. He says, if you obey my commandments, there will be blessings. And if you disobey, hold on, Nelson. If you disobey my commandments, there will be curses. Remember, he's not talking to us because it wasn't for us. He's but he's talking to the children of Israel and he's dramatizing the very reality that we all face that it's actually our disobedience to the law of God. You're going to see what I mean by that in a second. The disobedience to God's law that has left us in all the pain, the suffering and the strife that we see today. Everything that is wrong and evil in this world is because we do not rule as God intends us to rule. They will not rule as God intends. Remember, what we see is happening to them is what we see actually happening to humanity. They are the actors of what is happening between God and the rest of humanity. So how then can they obey God's law? He says in Deuteronomy 29 verse 12 that we read, that you may enter into covenant with the Lord your God and into his oath, which the Lord your God makes you today that he may establish you today as people for himself, that he may be God to you just as he has spoken to you and just as he has sworn to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. He's saying, lose your identity because your identity now is in me. I am God to you. Now it's my rule over your life. It's my rule over your nation. It's my rule over your country. And yet my rule does not look like Democrats and Republicans. My rule is not Afrocentrism. My rule is not white evangelicalism. My rule is not Hebrew Israelite theology. My rule is not one percenter my rule is not the nation of islam that's still religion my rule he's saying is not buddhism my rule is not confucianism my rule isn't any of these things my rule is to serve to love sorry to love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul he says in verse 24, all nations would say, why has the Lord, why has the Lord done this to this land? Why does the heat of his great anger mean? Then the people will say, watch this, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord God of their fathers, which he has made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Ready for this? He's also saying, my rule is not Christianity. Christianity. It's not a religious construct. It is literally the kingdom of God ruling in your heart. And if you would allow the kingdom of God to rule your heart, not some Christian doctrine, not some Buddhist doctrine, not some... um ideological political position not some philosophy no not any of these things which simply seek to glorify us but rather to lose our lives and our identities and that our identities would be embodied in Christ alone that is the justice and the righteousness of God That is the righteousness and the justice of God. Tomorrow, we're probably going to finish Deuteronomy. And when we finish Deuteronomy tomorrow, what you're going to see is, is that God is going to say to them, preview, because I already know where it's going. God is going to say to them, because Moses is going to close his sermon before he dies. because He's about to die. He's going to close his sermon and he's going to say to them, I know you're going to disobey. And he's going to say to them, I know all these things are going to happen to you. But if you would just turn your heart towards God. Not follow his laws. But if you would just turn your heart towards God. He says, if you would circumcise your heart and not just your flesh. Not be righteous on the outside. But to be transformed on the inside. Where God literally removes Me, myself, and I And now you can be as Paul says I've been crucified with Christ It is no longer I who live But Christ who lives in me Let me ask you a question Who do you live for? Are you living for a person? Are you living for yourself? Are you living for Liberal theology? Are you living for liberalism? Are you living for conservatism? Are you living for your race? Are you living for your family? Who are you living for? Because what he's asking them to do is to choose who they will serve. And he's warning them that there are going to be temptations to serve what God creates rather than the creator. To serve the creation rather than the creator. To serve what God has created instead of God himself. What governs your life? Can I tell you that um, and then we're, we're we're, we're done with here. We're done here. The government of God wasn't pay very close attention because you need to hear this part. This part is very important. The government of God. Pay very close attention to this. God's government starts first in your heart. It starts first in your heart. Did you hear me? God's government in your life starts first in your heart. That's why he says, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life, meaning the problem in your family begins with what's happening in the hearts of the people in your family and you own it. The problem in your church is what's going on in the hearts of the people in your church. The problem in this country, the problem is not the government. People always say this all the time, like, We, you know, there's always this liberal, liberal, liberalism versus conservatism. Then you have, you know, the 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 communists are arguing with the fascists, and then you have the socialists are saying we have a better plan for how to fix humanity. And we have guys. The problem with humanity is the heart of man. That's the problem with humanity. The heart of man is the problem with humanity. And I'm convicted as I read this because all the destruction we see, we go, God's going to punish them for disobeying. No, God's punishing them. Oh, goodness. Because he's giving them a choice. He's telling them what's going to rule you. If you choose to leave my covenant and for me not to rule your heart, this is what's going to happen. Watch this now. This is the law of God. You hear me, Ellison? This is the law of God. What God is saying is, is if I don't rule your life, these are the things that are going to happen. These are the things that are going to happen to you because I'm not ruling over you. Not because you broke a law, but because I'm not ruling in your life. Does God rule your heart? Ellison? when you wake up in the morning, Are you under God's rule? Mm. Izzy, are you under God's rule? Family, what rules you? What governs you? If people would be governed under the covenant of God, the heart of God, the love of God, the character of God, the righteousness of God, there would be no pain. There would be no sorrow. There would be no suffering. I promise you that. If we actually ruled under the heart of God, the love of God, the righteousness of God, Mm. and the character of God, if the kingdom of God was in every person's heart, I say it again, there would be no rule. There would be no suffering. There would be no pain. There would be no hunger. There would be no strife. Eden would be restored. And yet that's where we're going to close. Is he saying, if you choose who rules your heart other than me, then this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen to your family. This is what's going to happen to your cities. This is what's going to happen to your country. This is what's going to happen to your nation. And yet this is what happened to them. And what if I told you that this is what's happening to us? We're not being ruled by the heart of God. That's why white evangelicals have a problem with social justice movements because they're being governed by conservative politics. And that's why a lot of liberation theology that I see often in black churches doesn't lead to restoration either because it's being ruled by communist liberal philosophy not the heart of god when will we rule under the heart of god what governs you ask yourself that question today what governs you and i promise what's governing you is what's causing the issue so what's the solution for us 22 What's the solution? How do we fix this problem? The reality is, is that God has fixed it for us. He fixed it for us in Christ Jesus. (laughs) He became what we could not. He restored all things. All he's asking us to do now is to live in the awareness and the knowledge of what Christ has accomplished on the cross. The problem is our faith and our submission to Jesus Christ. If we would rule under Christ, then the world would be restored. We are His body, the fullness of Him. But we're still consumed with ourselves. So is anything that I think we need to be praying about today is, let's get over ourselves. We need a circumcision of the heart, not a better idea. We need to serve God. We need him to be the king in our heart. We need to have a throne. I want you to imagine this. There's a, you need a throne in your heart. And in that throne, you simply serve him. And when there are things that God tells you to do or leads you to do that you do not like but you know you ought to do and are convicted to do, you do it because he's king over your heart. And when he's king over your heart, even though it's a mystery to you, you still do it because that's what a subordinate does to a king. The question is, when you say that Jesus is king, is he king over your heart? Because when God restores the earth, his kingdom will be on every heart and on every heart. It will be on every family and on every family. It'll be on every nation and on every nation. He will stand high and lift it up. And we will all say together, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then we will overcome by Not just the blood of the lamb, but the word of our testimony. Father, I ask today, Lord, that we would live under the conviction, Lord, that you have called us, Lord, to serve under you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we be led by your spirit, Father. More importantly, Father, teach us to submit to your will. We can be so prideful. We can be so prideful. We can just desire to do what we want to do (laughs) just because we feel like it's the right thing to do we can just desire to to follow what we want to follow just because it's what we want to do so father i just pray that you would guide us and that you would lead us bless us in this time and i ask that in your name we pray amen and amen